0: G'day, guys. I'm Aaron Schultz with episode 151 of the Outback Mine podcast. Thank you very, very much for joining in episode 151. I have Matthew Stokes on with me today. Former Geelong player, a really good small forward there. Uh, Trivial little, uh, little little uh, goal sneak, and um, yeah, really pivotal part of uh, of their success um, throughout uh, last decade and the one before. Pretty much uh, spent um, seven or eight years, I think at Geelong, maybe a couple more, and end up uh, playing a year at uh, at Essendon when they sort of hit the rebound um, through the drug scandal and so forth. So. We're going to hear a lot about his story, Matt, um, you know, what he sort of went through uh, in the NT. Um, He's a really uh, talented young fella playing senior football fairly early and um, you know, got a chance to come to Melbourne and uh, never look back. So, um, you know, indigenous guy, really power, proud of his heritage. Um, we're going to talk a lot about that. A bit about uh, the drug um, scandal that he was sort of involved in um, uh, himself uh, a while back, uh, I believe, um, yeah a lot of pl- pressure is put on afl players uh, or you know people in general in society and and sometimes we look to these sorts of things for a bit of relief so going you know, to maybe touch on that and, uh, and some of the you know the prevention um, measures that we can do to manage our, our mental health a bit better without sort of reverting to things that can have consequences so Really sure you're going to enjoy this chat. Pretty insightful, really uh, vibrant um, young fellow, Matt. So, uh, yeah, appreciate your feedback if you want to let me know to support at outbackmind.com.au. Just want to make special mention to Green Nutritionals who support the podcast. If you're lacking something in your diet, and you need a bit of a boost. Um, they provide awesome organic products which are sourced from the best uh, places around the world. Um, couldn't get any better. Uh, basically, it's, uh, it's premium stuff. So, I really encourage you to check them out. Greennutritionals.com.au. Alrighty, appreciate you listening in. G'day, Matt. Hey how are you? Very well. Thanks for thanks for uh, uh, coming on, mate. Really appreciate it. My view as a as a young fella and uh, you know, have been been a pretty good footballer for the cats, but more importantly, you were I think you won an under fourteen best and fairest when you were seven, is that right? <laughs>
1: Look, there's a, there's, I think um, the older we get, um, the more mayor the stories get. I think um, people up in the middle of the story should definitely like to tell stories. So, look, I can't remember exactly my age, but um, you know, uh, footy and, and uh, basketball growing up for me um, up in Darwin, um, you know, were pretty much come um, hand in hand with me growing up. So, you know, um, I think both contributed um, to each other, to be honest, in, in growing up up sure. and down. But um, geez, I miss Darwin.
0: Tell me, mate. Um, you're only a little fella, but you were a bloody good basketball. Like, how did you go like against the taller kids in that?
1: Well, at that stage, um, you know, the height wasn't that big an and a big issue. But um, you know I remember I went away on uh, an Australian training camp, and um I was fourteen at the time, and um, a guy named Pat Hunt, who sort of ran the basketball Australia, sort of mentioned to me that um you know, maybe, maybe I, I should focus more on football because I wasn't getting any taller. So, um, look, at, I, I love basketball, you know, and I still play now. I play Tuesday nights with a couple of Vex Bites, Gary Abbott Jr. and Carl Mooney and Blake Carousel. We all play on the basketball team on Tuesday nights. And, really? You know, I love it. I love the feeling of basketball and, and being out the court. Um, but free obviously, for me, was my way of, um, of, of being able to, to make something of myself and, you know, I'm extremely proud, but um, you, know, I, I you know, I do constantly, and I do bring up with people who know me since I was a young kid about you know what might have been if I played basketball. You know, obviously the, the money side of things is nowhere near compared to football, mm. and I should make it out of the cities, But um, for me, there was always a part of me that my heart was always in basketball.
0: You you loved it. You, I think you liked like, it more more than footy, didn't you? Pardon? You, you liked it more than footy. I did, yeah,
1: yeah, I did. I had, a, I, I, had a real
0: passion for basketball as a kid.
1: Um, you know, I, you know, like I said before, I, I do think about sort of maybe what might have happened if so I didn't. But think if you look too much in the past, you forget about it. Yeah, you, know, you, I love you stop that looking stuff. to the future. So for me, um, you know, the love of basketball was always there. It still is there today. But um, yeah, I'm grateful for what basketball was able to do for me.
0: Unbelievable, mate. Um. So you're playing in a team with Gary Ablett and and uh, who else did you say Blake Carousella and who else? Tom Mooney. Jesus. Um, so you got two tall guys, two small guys. Who's the Who's the fifth bloke?
1: Uh, we have a few other Jason Davenport, who was on our rookie list. Oh, yeah. um, yeah. was a uh, he? He also plays. Um, you know, we've had um, Matty Knights, so a little bulldozer, play a couple of games. So we've had a you know we've had a pupil come through um, before. Um, you yeah, Scarlet's Scarlett's also played a couple of years ago. So we've had a group of, you know, some players that's have come through and um, Tom can tried at his hand, obviously um, probably the most uncoordinated big person I've <laughs> ever seen in my life. But, um, but, um, but um, you know, I think um, for us, uh, you know, as ex-players, there's always some way of trying to come back together or try and do something to help with that competitiveness because I think, for me, I don't miss the game. I don't miss um, the training. I miss the um, pushing myself um, you know, for a certain amount of time to be able to, um, with a group of people, um, and be able to, you know, have fun while you do it. So yeah. for me, that's my, my little outlet is a, it's a Tuesday night basketball game. Yeah.
0: Good stuff. And you'd be pretty competitive. I would have thought that, those group of fellas. So, um, yeah, it'd be pretty enjoyable to watch, I'd reckon for sure. <laughs>
1: yeah. I think, <laughs> uh, Mark Neal is the, the basketball, uh, CEO down here. And I think he has his hands full with, uh, with us, but um, you know we're, we're very competitive, but um, it's all good fun,
0: mate. Um, really, uh, really grateful to hear a bit about your footy career. Like you were, you were playing senior footy as a young fella in um, in Darwin, and um, it sort of progressed pretty rapidly from there. Is that right?
1: Yeah, I, I, I can't remember exactly the age when I debuted, but I was lucky enough that I debuted debut with one of my best mates, um, in Alan Davy. Froggy Davy, who played for wrestling. Yep. Um and in that team that I debut with I think I was a couple of days short on the fifteenth birthday, um Nikki actually came to Darwin and played for our club. So his first game in Darwin was my first game uh, for my local club, the Palmerston Oklahoma's with Alwyn Davy. Um, oh, really? you know, and we had Russell Jeffries who's um you know um you know someone that I've looked up to my whole whole career, um, who was our coach and playing. Mark Wesson was was playing at the same time as well, and um, you know, footy up there is a little bit different in the sense of majority. of You're either got long term, um, you know, family ties or your family. So it, to be able to debut with someone like Froggy Davy and um, and be able to share that moment with him, but then also also too to, to look over and see if the not running out with us, um, you know, it was um, it was a pretty cool experience and. I was lucky enough, I played two years of senior footy up there and was able to win a, a flag in, in one of them um, and lost a grand final on the other. Um, but the memories and, and stuff that me growing up playing footy is, you know, especially being away from Darwin since I was 15, I moved away pretty much a year after we won. Mm-hmm. Um, and I haven't been back and I'm now 37. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I do constantly think about the memories and especially and, and the times that you're able to um, share with the people up there because for me... You know, my family is everything, and 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 growing up in Darwin, I'm a Territorian. That's who I am, and, and that place helped me, um, mm. you know, be able to eventually get to where I got to. And um, yeah, it's it, it is. I love I love talking about Darwin and, and the experience of growing up there, and and, and all that comes with that.
0: Yeah, pretty amazing, mate. Um, did you have a lot of Indigenous guys in that in that Palmerston team when you were a young fella before you moved south? <laughs> yeah,
1: bloody oath, I mean, I mean in Darwin, you. you you're, you're surrounded by a culture anyway, um, mm-hmm. so you're, you're fortunate enough for me. You know, I'm a Larrakia man um, from Darwin, so mm-hmm. you, you, you're surrounded by all cultures, and that's one of the things I love about Darwin is that you have that insight into everything. You know, whether it's the East Timor, whether it's the Greek or the Italian,
0: yeah.
1: Um, you know, the Chinese, the Filipino. You know, I've got Filipino in me as well. Um, so to be able to be surrounded by it, it's, it just comes second nature and it comes part of life. But you know, one thing I found when I lived and, you know, moved to Geelong was that the, the cultures are very segregated and yeah. it's sort of, um, you know, they separate where it, in Darwin, it's sort of like a big community. So um, it's something that I've, you know, I've you know, had to, to navigate when I first came down here, but one of the funniest things um, I've ever experienced was when I first got to Geelong, I got invited to the Philippine, Filipino Christmas party in Geelong. Yeah, right. I, I had no idea how they, how, how they knew I was Filipino. Um, <laughs> I'd only been, in, the, I'd only been in, uh, in Geelong for about three weeks um, and I actually went and it was one really of the funniest experiences in my life and something that you know, I look back and cherish. And, uh, and
0: you learn a lot I would have thought but yeah you're right mate you hit on an important thing and uh, and that is the separation of you know what religion we are, what colour we are buddy. you know where we come from all that but at the end of the day mate you know we're all the same aren't we you know um, it doesn't matter what your beliefs are I guess we're all sort of uh, finding our way through life and um you know i was brought up in a, in a country town and it was pretty judgmental and, and racist there and those sorts of things and have to you know weave through all that was was not easy you know and um yeah i just think uh, really uh, it is our high level of consciousness to just to treat everyone the same and with compassion it's just all these uh, belief systems that get in the road and did you find much um tr- you know trouble or, or challenge with racism when you went to geelong or was it sort of pretty easy for you
1: Look, I think when you move away um, at a young age, you learn how to um, you, you learn how to depend on yourself. I, I moved away from Darwin, I think fifteen and a half, um, to try and make something of myself. I lived to Adelaide, I lived with a host family. Mm. Um, so for a long period of time before I got drafted, I I had a sense of um, myself and and how to I guess. Um, be able to focus and be able to, you know, depend on myself and, and learn, you know, the ropes that way, the hard way. Um, so coming into Geelong wasn't any different to, you know, um, anything that i sort of dealt with before, but it was just a high-pressure environment and, and something that I just, I, I, I knew straight away that that was what I was meant for. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, being able to focus, being able to get up every day and push yourself again the next day, push someone else beside you. You know, I was never the greatest player in our team or even in the, in the you know, top percentage of our players in our team because we were an extremely gifted group. But I always knew where I stood in the, in the pecking order in the sense of I'm part of the team here um, and part of my role is to be able to uphold the standards of our football club. And, and that's one of the things I, I, I look back with, you know, immense pr- um, pride is, is being able to say that even though if you say the Geelong Footy Club and um, you look at the group of names that we were able to you know, put together, my name would probably never be in the top 10 or 15 and that's okay with me i've never been a person who worried about that I like I knew i did my part and i think for me um you know that elite environment where you're depending on each and one of your teammates and you and you look at each other in the eye after the game and whether you win or you lose it's the, the look in the eyes you know or look in yourself of whether you've done your part i think for me that environment just was exactly what i was built for and yeah. i think um you know like i said about my childhood growing up, you playing footy and basketball, moving away, and age, I don't really think it all contributed to being able to fit into that, um, uh, you know, environment to be able to succeed.
0: Yeah, mate. Well, well said. Yeah, and, and really, you you you're very fortunate to be able to go to a club like that when you did, and uh, and the success that sort of come with it. Like, who were few a few of the fellows that took you under their wing when you sort of first got there?
1: Well, I think the, the stories of me and Ken Mooney are pretty, um, pretty spot on in the sense of, you know, when I first got here, it was the weekend, you know, we went out till 4 in the morning. Um, <laughs> we went to a Paul Arlington pub and, um, and just happened to bump into him and Ken Kingsley. And, um, you know, I've been at the club for four days and, yeah. Um, and ever since then, we've been, you know, like brothers. Um, you know, I, Brad O'Reillyns, I, I lived with for four years, and uh, he grew up out just outside of Catherine on the cattle farm. so. Um, you know, we had that um, kind of, you know, that relationship of the territory and, and that um, that bond. Um, I think there's people outside of the footy club and you know, around the footy club that you know um, also helped shape me. You know, Ron Watt, who was our development manager at the time um, for a well, long, for my pretty much my whole career, was someone that was really in, you know important for me as a as a person. But I think one of the biggest impacts on me is my my manager, Tom Petroyo. Um, mm. You know, to have a friend. That sits on the outskirts of football to be able to help you with navigating, you know, becoming famous, becoming, you know, the money, um, you know, the the um the eyeballs that get on you, you know, playing every week, mm. contracts, all the stuff that goes on the outside of football. Um, to have someone in your corner to be able to look you square in the eye and tell you, you know, maybe you're getting a bit arrogant, maybe you're not doing it the right way, maybe you're this, I understand your opinion on this, but maybe it's this, and to have someone to be able to discuss. Bang and hit me straight in the middle of the eyes. It's mm. something that I cherish my whole life, um, yeah, and awesome. and that's how I, you know, how I um, get the best, out of my, how I got the best out of myself. So, um, you know, for me, um, you know, people like him were, you know, the guys who probably had the biggest impact on me as not only as a footballer but as a person.
0: Person, yeah, mate. Okay, so Tom Petraro,
1: is that right? Yeah, Tom Petraro. I mean, he was a. He um, was a no one when I first got him. Um, I, I, I can't say that I made his career. I'm not saying that at all. What I'm saying is um, <laughs> Anthony Stevens, I actually had a coffee with the other day, um, who owned um, the, the management company that I went under. I thought I was getting Anthony Stevens. So I was the to battle line and going, hey, this is going to go. But Anthony Stevens, and then all of a sudden Tom a little US, European bike, comes out and, you know, same age as me pretty much and goes, well, here's your manager. And I was like, wow, this has changed. You're um, cooking. But, um, I think one of the, the beauties of, of um, football is sometimes, you know, not the outcomes on, on actually what you, you know, what you can achieve on the footy field is what you can, um, it's the relationships you can form outside of. And, you know, Tommy to this day, you know, I classify him as family for me and, uh, you know, he's been one of my, um, my biggest supporters uh, through the ups and downs of, of, um, of my career.
0: Mm, amazing, mate. Tell me, um, you were only there a couple of years and you won a, a premiership, is that right?
1: Correct. Yeah, I was lucky enough for my second year to win win one. Mm. What was it like? Um, look, I'll be really honest. I mean, as a as a two, you know, my second second year in the, the the AFL, I think you don't really appreciate the magnitude of what you've just done or yeah. what you've achieved. Um, I think it wasn't until 2011 did um, I really understand that. Um, but 2007 to be able to win it to see the the satisfaction in people's eyes and you know we've come together as a group um we had a pretty shit 2006 um, season to be able to put on the field be able to achieve that then come back to Geelong and see what a small town and um and what that meant to a town was in in crazy everything it, it was crazy I mean to to come back here the roads were shut down um we got escorted through Geelong City um for that two days to think of what a group of people were able to do on a footy field could it impact such a big region it was, it was something that, you know, I'll, I'll never forget um, uh, and cherish. But, um, yeah, it was a, an amazing experience to be able to do it, you know, in the second year. Yeah. But like I said, I truly didn't understand the meaning of, of you know, the Holy Grail until probably 2011.
0: Yeah, you, you you obviously, you were still pretty young and you, you had a lot of success. So. Throughout your, 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 your sort of sporting life, you know, so it was probably just second nature. Like a lot of guys, they're, they're sort of gifted to go into those sorts of, you know, ecosystems and be able to, um, you know, get success pretty early. But, um, mate, oh, I reckon it was really suited to you to go to a small town or smaller town like that. Like it seems a lot of the fellows that go to Geelong really embrace it, the environment, and they, you know, they've got the ability to be able to get down the beach and get away a bit and that sort of thing. and. Um, yeah, you know, I just think, um, yeah, a lot of guys, particularly from the country uh, really benefit from that rather than sort of being stuck in the city and battling, you know, trafficking that every day.
1: Yeah, I think one, one of the unique stuff, uh, you, the unique things with Geelong is, um, the, the amount of times that Geelong people actually see you, um, so, you know, you go to Melbourne and you, 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 you don't get seen there as much. So, you know, it's probably, oh, there's, and they're the footy player and, you know, yeah. oh, there's that person and. Yeah. It becomes a part of it where you know you're you're really you're just the another you know face in the crowd. But when you're in Geelong, you're actually part of the community, and I think that's one of the, the best things about. It. And I think if you look at all the players who've come to Geelong, especially my year, they've all stayed in Geelong. You know, it's, we're probably all fortunate that we've met Geelong girls, and we've all been able to you know have families here, and and, and this is a, an amazing place to to raise a family. But I think being able to walk down the street and, and say hello to people like you're, you're actually friends and not like you're the AFL player, I think something that I really loved yeah. and appreciated. Um, you know, you, you're you constantly going to the same cafes, it's a small, really small environment, so there's nothing ever that ever happens out here. I've never had a bad experience with, with a fan um, or with, a, you, know, you know, someone who's unhappy with a loss or anything like that, so yeah. I think for me it's always been a lot of love um, from the Jong um, community um, for me personally, but also to as a team, and as you know, we can walk around here with tracky pants and we don't get overexposed with um, thinking we have to buy the high end cars. We're, we're <laughs> sponsored. We are sponsored by Ford, yeah. so we got looked after with that. So no one was driving Mercedes or BMWs, we were driving Ford Territory, I reckon. Yeah. So pretty much every car in our car park was Ford Territory, yeah,
0: right. um, and
1: I think that's just a way of being grounded. I think um, and going to Melbourne and, and playing against other Melbourne teams and seeing some of the cars that they other teams to rock up in was was amazing to see you know some guys who were driving around in these massive Mercedes and BMW. It was something that I, you know, like you are saying, I'm a I'm kid that grew up in Darwin and yeah. not wearing racking to wear shoes. So to be able to come to a, a club like Geelong, in a place like Geelong, um, you know, suited me to a tee. Yeah,
0: well said, mate. Um, it's, it's really interesting. Uh, yeah, you're right. I, I just think, um that, that environment there didn't really discriminate. It sort of uh, kept everyone pretty level. There wasn't anyone that had big heads or whatever. And I think if they did have big heads, they were pulled into line pretty quickly. And, um, you know, I just saw... I, I've always admired Geelong for for what they they do, but also that community. But living in Tasmania, as I did for a fair while, I believe if there's a club down there that comes in, they'll have the same sort of... Um, you know, uh, uh, system is what Geelong does because the whole the whole state will embrace it and um, I just think it'd be such a, a valuable thing for the mental health of the people of the state to have a connection with a club that's their own rather than, you know, sort of having... Um, um, all the, the disconnections in many ways. And having that ownership in that environment, I think, is, is so good for, you know, the player, but also the, the individuals in the community to be able to have, um, you know, some ownership of and, uh, you know, feel part of something, I guess.
1: Yeah, I think, um, for me, uh, one of the greatest stories um, I, I, I tell is, um, you know, Hamish hey Macintosh came to John. I can't remember 2014, I think it might have been 2013, Um. You know, this became in the back end of some you know injury riddled um, scenes at North. He mm. came with a big BMW, and we we just hounded him for weeks. <laughs> I mean, we egged his car, we fouled his car, um, we stole his car. Um, it, it, whatever he did to his car, you know, we did it. Um, <laughs> and then within within two or three weeks, we got him into a Ford <laughs> territory. So, um, you yeah, know, and I think the the, the what you're talking about with the Tassie. I'm, I'm a firm believer that Territory did, the territory deserves a team before Tassie. That's just me. That's just yeah. me. I'm, yeah. I'm a big guy. Both do. Um, yeah. I, I, do think, I do think there is an element of, you know, being able to put in front of kids, boys and girls, and being able to showcase something. Because sometimes when a dream's too far away, you, you can't be what you can't see. And um, for me, that's... Um, it takes a certain type of person to be able to move away from home to try to get their dreams and territory kids remote or um you know local in darwin um, are crying out for something to be able to aspire to be yeah, I and i think i think if we can um you know come up with a way of being able to put that dream in front of them i am never a, um an advocate for only using sport as a way to succeed because I think that's the way you fail. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I've always believed that um, footy should be second because footy can only last so long. And footy for so many people d- doesn't happen, mm-hmm. um, so it should only be part of the journey, not the journey itself. Yes. But um, you, you know, for me, um, the territory, remote community kids, what I've seen in my 20 years of travelling in and out of them is just that aspirations you know wanting desire to be something and um with the way that way is it the way it is at the moment to be able to put something um you know put a pipeline into a dream would be uh, i i think something that would be um you know it would be amazing for all kids uh, throughout the uh, throughout the territory
0: i agree mate and yeah i'll observe that in uh, in tassie when they had the vfl team like the whole state got behind it and probably a bit like the NT Thunder and that um, it can be really embraced. But yeah, you're right. Uh, young fellas need something that they can um, that they can aspire to and connect with. And I just think that's so important for our, for our mental health to have a purpose, you know, um, yep. if you've got a purpose to get to a level like that. And you've got a local presence and you've got content to it and access to it regularly. It's uh, so much more profound. Like I know growing up in country Victoria, it was such a huge thing to go to uh, a game, you know, and uh, just to see players and all those sorts of things. But, yeah, if you've got it around you all the time um, and those opportunities are created in the NT and in Tassie, I just think it's so good for the st- for the country in general and, and those states because, yeah, everyone will benefit from it at the end of the day. Yeah, absolutely. Mate, um We'll talk about the premiership in a minute in two thousand eleven, but you had a bit of a speed bump in in two thousand and ten, um. You know, and, and I've always admired, you know, AFL players to be able to um. You know, uh, get a, get a kick in the guts or, or have something go wrong and then be able to move through that. And um, I know you know you had a bit of a drug a drug um issue there, but. For what I observed, mate, I just think you were probably struggling a bit, and, and drugs might have been a little bit of an outlet. Is that sort of on the money?
1: No, it's not. Uh, not really on the money, but um, you know, I got caught up in a, a situation here, and I think it's well documented, so it's not really necessary. The ins and outs of the issue. Um, uh, you know, I had pretty pretty much my whole career had gone through pretty had gone, you know, unscathed with with um with everything sort of that came from that, i did want to fly in my second year 2008 i had probably the best year i ever had into the last part of it when i i busted my groin and, and couldn't you know really mm-hmm. continue oh nine um was it filled with injuries throughout the year and i just couldn't get my groin right from 2008 mm-hmm. but then it was just that part of me that was like this is you know we just we redeemed ourselves from 2008 um i didn't play in a grand final but as a group it was really important for us to um, for us as a group to be able to you know go again and, and win and i think for me even though i didn't plan i think it was probably our most important one um mm. to be able to you know get back what we lost in 2008 we should have beaten hawthorne by you know a few guys um, mm. And at the end of the day, that's all that matters.
0: Yeah.
1: I think with the situation that I got caught into was letting too many people in, you um, know, in, in an environment where you need, probably need to have your you guard up a little bit. And, um, and make no mistake, the, the, the decisions um, that I've made, all made, um... Uh, Solely on me. I think from an individual perspective, that's what my dad always taught me was to man up and own up to whatever you've done, um, and make a mistake, and just try and rectify it. And I think for me, that was what it was all all about. Um, Mm. It was never about the usage. It was just about you know a time where I got caught up with a group of people that probably um, you know in hindsight probably wasn't the greatest for for my for me as a person or my career. But Mm. I don't. I've never ever passed the buck on to anybody else. And I think one of the things that i think um people can appreciate if you, you if you make a mistake you just own up to it and you go yep that's that's on me and then you move on and yeah. and you, you spend the rest of your time trying to make our friend for me it wasn't so much about proving people wrong or it was about the people who stood by me the whole time and you know um i just wanted to prove them right you know that i was a good kid and that i was a um you know a proud member of the football club and a proud member of our community and a proud member of the team as such, but I wanted to, I've never been about putting people on because I think that's a, a really great way to go about it. That's just my personal opinion. I've always been about, you know, mum and dad, you know, helped me out my whole life and the three sisters and mm-hmm. I've got family and, and friends all in darling who are always really happy to, you know, tell me if I'm being a you know, big head or if I'm, you know, being a bit arrogant or if I'm wearing too fancy clothes. <laughs> For me it was about the, the putting my hand up and just admitting that you know I, you know i fucked up and mm. i think that i think one of the things i've, I've learned after footy is that it, it doesn't matter what suburb you live in or how much money you make we we've all got demons in our lives um and we've all got things that we're trying to deal with it's just some people can hide it better and some people can hide it behind bigger walls mm. um, or bigger fences and that's probably one of the biggest things um, since walking away from footy is that um uh, don't, they never judge um, and and don't ever try and put yourself in other people's shoes because at the end of the day, you don't understand what they they're what they've lived through or what they're yes. going through. So yeah. I, I don't pretend to. Um, and that's one of the things, uh, yeah, definitely one of the things I've learned since later 20 is, is, is definitely that message.
0: Yeah, mate, you need to be proud of yourself and, and, and that's really well said. And, um, you, you know, we, we, we quite often you know, with regards to media and being a player at that level and all the stuff that can go along with that and the pressure and everything, we're very quick to judge and we don't actually understand what's going on under the bonnet um, a lot of the times with people. And, um, you know, I always say, like, Matty, I've done a lot of work in prisons and, um, um, you know, if I line 10 guys up, 10 of those guys have got stories and really you understand that we're all the same at the end of the day once you hear those stories, but, you know, they've been punished for a lot of the trauma that uh, is not their fault, and, you know, a a lot of the Indigenous guys that are in there you have just had, you know, successive um, things go on uh, over their their journey, and that's, you know, led them to to poor lifestyle behaviours or whatever, and and I just think it's the wrong approach. We we don't need to... um, to 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 really um you know continually crucify people if they've done something wrong we need to see it with compassion with that compassion you can help the individual move forward and um you know to be able to create a, a better better environment for everyone you know I, I just think if someone does something wrong fair enough but you don't have to really um you know persecute them for that i think we've come a long way but i think we've still got a long way to go
1: yeah absolutely
0: it's uh, it's interesting mate so so tell me, I was real. I really admired you because you were able to move on and, and win a, a premiership that following year. What was that like for you?
1: Yeah, that was pretty cool. Eh? Um, you know, I, I was a Collingwood supporter growing up. My whole career um, when I grew up in Darwin, um, you know, seeing Nathan Buckley play um, for mm-hmm. Collingwood. My grandparents, um, Nana and Pa were massive Collingwood supporters. You know, um, Tony Francis um, was one of my. Um, you know favorites growing up um yeah. it, so to be able to play against Hollywood um to to you know what they did to us in 2011 our uh, 2010 Cleveland final to be able to come back from that uh for so being through what i've been went through a year two years earlier um to so been in the system for five years to understand what it takes the the day-to-day battles with your head to to get your body going again to to get that one was special i mean that for me um, that holds a really quite you really, um, know I hold that very close to my heart uh, that one um, and that particular moment was just um, it just felt like it was you know it was it was all worth it um, mm. yeah it was it was a beautiful, you know to be able to share it with you know my, my aunties and uncles um, came down uh, two cousins were here and my sisters um, yeah it was just a, it was a cool moment. Um, and for me, it was just yeah, like I said, it was just that yeah, we, you know, I was able to do it again, um, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, that that was so um so satisfying for me as, a, as an individual, as a, as a team, it was just being able to be able to you know, um, you know, tick that um, that era off mm-hmm. it was really nice to be able to you know, we're coming to the end of our run for a bit, you know, with some players, you know, we knew that Lingi and, and Odo were. Um, we're close to the end um you know um scarlo i mean darren milburn also um uh karen mooney these types of guys were starting to um you know to, to move on um, so we, we 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 thought we had one more crack at it and we did we were able to get over that and um, the third one and you know and i think as a group it was terrifying to be able to know that we got three out of the five um you know,
0: which is pretty special. Oh, amazing, mate! Yeah, pretty, uh, pretty, pretty. I wouldn't say lucky, but you know, just so, so, um, so fortunate to be in that environment in that period. You know, I, I just guess it was, it was really uh, fundamental. Um, you know, football to be able to see a club like that sort of succeed, succeed as they did, and. Now, I think you know there's still plenty of good stuff to come for him. there's no doubt about it. But geez, hasn't, hasn't football progressed over the last, you know, 15, 20 years since you started? Like there's just been so much change and the game is, is pretty much different and, and all that type of stuff. And um, you know, you you, you finished there, you had a few more years at Geelong and I, I know um a lot of people probably recognise you as being an Essendon player more than a Geelong player. But um, what was it like to go to Essen and to another club? Um, you know, at the end of your career. Um, look, it was
1: it, it was really difficult for me. I, I um I'd uh, finished my career. I'd spoken to a couple of clubs because um, I still I still thought I had a lot to, to give. Mm. Um, I was only thirty one, um, and so you know I, I should probably talk. I probably would regret not talking to other clubs. Decided. Mm that the way to finish with Steve Johnson, James Kelly, walking off Gideonia Park was a special way to go out. I thought, why, I'd it, you know, unless I was going to go to someone that was a chance to win another flag, but then would it be that special to win a flag at another club, I just didn't think so. Mm. Um, so for me, it was really easy to walk away from footy going, you know what, I'm, I'm 31, my body's sort of in decent shape, money's never been a motivator for me, uh, the drive, the little man in the, in the, on the, the top, of, in the, you know, on the corner of the shoulder pushing me was the why I was able to get everything that I got out of my career. Um, and he kind of disappeared. He kind of lost that little bit of love. And mm. my last year at Long, you know, um, I'm probably was an easy um, person to maybe start to trans- transition from the older to the younger. You know, I was only I'm only 176 centimeters. I'm not very quick. <laughs> I couldn't kick the ball very far. Um, so, you know, either that or Steve Johnson, James Kelly, these older guys, Tom Monaghan, and Andrew Mack at the time, I always knew my, sort of, the reality of my situation was I was always going to be the first person to slowly start to go, you know, play the VFL. I didn't think I deserved that at the time, but I understand the the bigger picture I play, so I was never really angry or bitter about it. Yeah. Um, so coming to the end of it was really, it um, really easy for me to walk away. Essendon, I would really started working at the AFL, I was there for four months. Um, I started to enjoy life as an ex-player and, um, you know, muffins um, and coffee breaks and (laughs) beers after work and and stuff like that. So I put a few kilos on and I was was at work at the AFL and I was, um, you know, I worked in the game development team and um, the the yesterday that happened that they were getting suspended and I got a phone call within two minutes of the press conference finishing from my manager Tommy and saying, what do you think about playing? And I was like, mate, I'm, da- I'm about 8 kilos heavier than I did when I finished footy. <laughs> uh, there's no bloody way. And James Kelly at the time, James Kelly one of my best mates um, um, in life. Um, he was working upstairs, and he got looked at. He was, he was looked after by Tommy at the end of his career as well. And I walked up to the office and said, you got that phone call? And he said, yes. And I'm like, well, what are we doing? he goes, well, we're just going as a 1-2. And I'm like, well, let's just say this is what we want. And if they say yes, then we'll go together. And... Aiden Dodoro, um, uh, we caught up with him within a week um, and uh, he put. we said everything that we asked for, he said yes. We didn't ask for anything extreme, it was just a few things that we wanted to be considered because we were in Geelong and I wasn't going to move my um, move to, to Melbourne um, or anything like that so we just wanted to be able to be clear on a few um, of our situations and I wanted to continue working um, so I wanted to be able to have two days where I could go into the office and work. So. Um there was that that part of it that was really easy. But um I had to find out whether that little man was still there and I went for a run and he you know, he sort of woke up halfway through it, but I had a lot of work to do. I was so far behind in fitness, I had untouched leg weights in, you know, six you know, five months since finishing, mm. which fully is all about foot, you know, your powering your legs and being able to continue to run and what I was able to showcase in, you know, five, six weeks of when I first started, I knew I had a lot to give, mm-hmm. but unfortunately, my body was um, was going kind of slowly to break down because of the, the what I put my body through. And I trained my um, butt off to get into shape, to be able to run out in an AFL game, and to be able to get back to just say to myself that I was able to do it. You know, my first game with the um, the club, we played GW uh, Gold Coast, and I had thirty possessions and kicked three. And I walked off going, "It was all worth it because I knew I knew I still had it in me." I just needed to just go, I just needed that reassurance for myself as a person to go, yeah, I actually did. Um, so the first of the year, you know, I battled the back end of the year, got to the 200th game. Wusha was like, you know, we're going to get you to 200 whether you can't walk or you can't where you can. Um, so don't worry about that. But after you get your 200, we you need you to just finish up. And I'm like, yeah, no worries. So I played my last two games, um, you know, to be able to, to walk off the ground. With, you know, I think I had 30 in both those games. I didn't probably put too much defence into the game, but um, knowing it was coming to an end was just, uh, it was nice, you know. And mm-hmm. The thought of going around again first and was, was there at the start, but I think for me it was, you know, letting go of football. Um, mm-hmm. It'd been bloody good for me for 12 years. Um, I was always appreciative of everything that's done and to be able to put me in good stead now that I've finished, but um, it was time to, to, to move on to, to life away from footy. And, you know, um, I've always... I've always been appreciative of Essendon uh, for being able to give me that opportunity to be able to go, yeah, I've still got this. But I think most importantly for me, it made me realise how big Essen and how big I actually is. I mean, I didn't realise how big Essen was until I got to Essen and started walking around the streets and there was Essendon support. I went to New York and there was Essendon support coming up to me and I'm like, where are, where are you guys coming from? you know, it, They're they are just huge and um, I've always been appreciated. Uh, I've always appreciated what they did for me um, and what they did for us as a group. You know, we came in as nine players and you know, I already knew Nathan Grimer, I knew Joffrey Simkin from the footy club, I knew Ryan Crowley. Um, so to have a bit of fun and be able to get back to football, I think for me it was something I cherished, being able to go back and, and just, and Wooshier saying, Stacey, I don't care if you don't get a kick, but what we want you to do is we've got, we've got these 12 players, senior players missing out. We can't have our 12, we can't have our younger players missing out of the 12 of twelve months of not developing. Mm. And it's up to you and Kel and Crowley to be able to help these kids with this journey the journey that they're on now. And I think for me, it was like, you know, I can, I can do that. that. That's what I'm, that's what I feel like I was made to do, was to be able to give back and be able to, you know, help someone else, whether it was in a small way or in a big way, whether it was Darcy Parish, having chats with him in the spa with Kel and talking about what he did in the weekend, or, you know, how's he looking after himself, to now see what he's able to do. Whether it's the the, the smallest part of the impact or whether it's a big impact, it, it's still an impact to, on someone's life, mm. whether it's good or whether it's bad. And for me, to walk away from this, and to know that we were there for that, you know, eight months or so was um, was a special part. I think, um, mm. yeah, absolutely.
0: Oh, mate, yeah. Look, uh, I think that 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 was the icing of the cake uh, on the cake, success or not. You know, to be able to be in that environment and also to be able to mentor other young players and be able to hold your head up pretty highly through that sort of turmoil, uh, I think, is a true uh, testament to yourself and your character and the character of others to be able to be involved. Uh, there when there's a bit of scrutiny and so forth and to be able to you know move through it and help that club move on but also help those young fellows that were vulnerable um, to be able to have some Mentoring and support. Um, I just think um, is a real gift and yeah, you're right I think you were built for that sort of stuff and um, I think that's what you, you're doing now You want a bit of mentoring in that is that right? Yeah, I've got a few
1: things I do I, I um. Yeah, I, I've got a business up in Melbourne, um that we work with um, you know, the wood industry for civil construction. Um with traffic management, we've got um um we've got real estate which is rash and concrete for councils. Um so we've got that, but I, I, for me, um, you know, being um being able to do business is great, you know, being able to make some money is good, but it's being able to do that so that you can do the stuff that makes yourself feel good with what yeah. you know I have chosen off, and I think what sums me up as a person and being able to this weekend we've got a a curry, um youth basketball um, charity game that we're playing in um, that i you know I've done some work with and you know that I sponsor and I love being able to give back I love being able to help a uh, younger generation you know black or white to be able to live out their dreams and, and whether it's for a moment or whether it's for a lifetime I think being able to be a part of that is something special um, you know I've I, I don't necessarily think I'm a mentor but I, I, I like to classify myself a lot of the time as a, as a friend that can you know, you know if someone needs they can be able to rely on um, it's something, it's something that's something uh, that for me um, helps me um, you know smile and, and, and like I was saying I think it's, it's food for your soul and I think that's the stuff that I, I just I love um, and always have and you know, I don't particularly miss football. I, I, I appreciate football for everything that it is and what it's done for me. But um, you know, being involved in footy, you know, being a coach was nothing. Nothing that ever really um, motivated me. I never, I, I never had an interest in it. I never had a passion for it. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, for me um, to watch, you know, now I'm just a supporter, and it's, it's nice. And you know, um, uh, to be able to look back and and the fond memories. And I think for me, as a as a John man through and through. You just hope that you know the conversations we're having right now and talking about the premierships. This group, you know, that they kind of deserve that that part, that icing on the cake. This group, and I hope they can, you know, be able to create their own legacy piece and be able to to just finish off. And I do thoroughly deserve think that Selzy and, and Hawke deserve that one last chance to be able to to you know create those memories and with this group with their own group and and even Scotty to the extent. You know, you know Scotty has always had had the back end of, oh, he had, a sp- he had that special group on the back end. Mm. Um, so I think the club in, in itself preserve the opportunity to be able to do that. And they've got probably one more year, and then they'll probably then have to go back to the draft and start to, you know, refocus okay. with their kids and their development plans. But I think, um, you know, watching this year is going to be a really hard one because, you know, watching the loss to Richmond a few years ago was really hard to watch. Um, mm because you're still friends with all those guys. You know, I still play with Blizzards. I still play with Gang, Gang, Gaffrey. Mm. You know, um, I'm close with Baron Apart. I'm really close with Quentin Narkle. Um, so to be able to... For them not to be able to do that was, you know, was uh, disappointing. But, you know, there's always, there's always someone else's story that's, you know, uh, that succeeding or, you know, winning or losing can add to. So um, hopefully, fingers crossed, we can go one better and uh, we can get there.
0: Yeah, good stuff, mate. I certainly hope so. Although, although being a bulldog supporter, I'd like to see them win, but uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll see what happens. <laughs> but mate, uh, yeah, I, I think um, coming from Victoria and knowing the western part of Victoria really well, you know, if there's an opportunity for you up, able to get up there and do some mentoring with some of the Koori young fellas, uh, I think it's really needed. And you know, to have people like yourselves, um, you know, with the experience and Wisdom that you have coming from the culture and being around the culture, and that uh, to be able to to deliver that in those regional areas uh, is really important, you know. And um, uh, I, I see, I see the culture in Western Victoria or the women where I'm from sort of decimated quite a bit, you know. Um, uh, and yeah, it's such a pivotal part of the 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 landscape, you know. To be able to have people still embrace. Um, uh, the the indigenous um you know uh, i suppose component component of this country and value that and um uh, you know anything anything you're able to do to give back um is really important mate because it just leaves the place better than what you were or what it was when you found it by the time you sort of moved from this lifetime, you know, and um, that, that Indigenous uh, history and heritage has got to be, you know, really upheld strongly and uh, and embraced by the whole of the community more and more. It's such a, a gift for us to be involved in this um, in this country or on this country that um, has, you know, been inhabited for, for so long before and um you know i just hope that uh, yeah it can, can use, continues to be embraced and evolved and established more and more into the future
1: yeah absolutely
0: it's uh, really good to chat mate really appreciate your time and um yeah i, I know you're busy you got kids to, to muck around with and all that <laughs> so yeah appreciate it mate no thanks
1: very much mate